The following podcast may contain adult language and an abundance of underutilized Charles dance. So get ready, nerds, because we're talking Eddie Murphy's The Golden Child. Welcome, everyone. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode of the Salty Nerd Podcast. We're talking Eddie Murphy in The Golden Child, an 80s mystical classic. And I'm joined, as always, by my fantastic panel of nerds, inebriated Matt Vader. What's up, dude? Am I? I think you're fine. I think I'm okay right now. Oh, okay. Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I, oh, I can't even do his laugh right. His laugh but is yeah, driving me yeah, insane um, in this movie. Look, man, I, I'm a child I'll of the bust 80s. Your ass. <laughs> I'm a child of the 80s. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, Eddie Murphy can't do staple. He can't do anything yeah, wrong. Staple of the 80s for love, sure. Love Eddie Murphy. All right. So yeah, Jude is also here. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you do it, but I love it. I don't know why I started doing it, but yeah. now I have to. <laughs> it's your thing. And last but not least, producer of the show, Matthew Kitch. Welcome, sir. I, I, I love this movie. <laughs> this is one of my all-time favorite movies. I, oh, I, I, movie. I, oh. I, I, I selected the two movies this week for 80s uh, Mysticism Week. Is and, it your birthday week? And, uh, no, nope. no, no, it's not my birthday okay. week. But, um, but these movies just fill me with so much joy, and, and I love them both so much. Um, but uh, this movie in particular, like I grew up watching this on TV. And so like all the curse words were like, you know, like, like taken out with like weird words. Um, but it was um, something that I just, you know, loved growing up. And so I wanted to share it all with you guys and, and talk about it this week. Right on. We're going to have a ton of fun. And we're like, I'm probably three drinks in. So get ready for that. A lot of slurring and messing up of my words. So if you're into that kind of thing and you like watching me fumble. You do you, bro. <laughs> Stick around. Stick around. Uh, do you guys like 80s Eddie Murphy movies? Mm. Who doesn't like it? It's 50 50 for me. This, this guy. Yeah. This guy. Remember when, we did, fucking re remember when we did Coming to America? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I the first the, one's better than the second I watched one. the second one first. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I did. I wanted to see if it held out. It did. Still, still doesn't make sense. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. Your logic. It makes total sense. Like, can, can, you can, do? can the sequel like, hold up can, before the original? Can a movie hold up on its own without referencing the prequel Not like every single time? It's what sequels do. Oh man, listen. For when it comes to '80s movies, Eddie is on the Mount Rushmore of '80s. It's mm -hmm. like Stallone, uh, uh, Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, he, he was one of the biggest, probably stars Kurt in Russell, maybe. At that time. I don't yeah. know, but yeah, it's he's he was huge back. I get it. I get huge. It. I love then. Trading Places. Yeah, that was a fucking great movie. We just talk about that. Anyway, all right, guys. Beverly Hills Cop. Never seen it. So, what? Oh, all right, we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Hey, if you guys want to support what we do here on this channel, you can go to saltynerdstore.com and you can buy some merch from us. We really appreciate the support. There's a ton of really cool designs on our website. My personal favorite, of course, is our classic logo, which I have on my shirt and my hat. I'm a complete shill. Mm -hmm. Head over to the website, saltynerdstore.com and grab some stuff. We're also in the works. We've got hats. Maybe not exactly what this is, but we've got hats and we're- You can't have that hat. We can't. This is my hat, baby. <laughs> um, I bought one for Vader, but it's a little bit- different because he was like he's like i gotta be different than you yeah. so you can see the difference anyway um hats and hoodies and t-shirts and all kinds of really cool stuff uh we'd really love it if we got the support from you guys and uh, if you do buy something take a photo of it and send it to us on social media we would love to see it and we will in turn share and say thank you and post your uh, picture up there on the social medias so saltynerdstore.com oh and type in salty for 10% off at the uh, checkout counter. Discounts. Saving some money. Ding, All right. Ding, ding, ding. 
the golden child, Jude. Mm-hmm. Genuinely excited for your synopsis, so take it away. All right, sir. 1986, The Golden Child, rated PG-13 with a runtime of 1 hour 34 minutes. This had a budget of $25 million. What do you think this brought into the box office, gentlemen? $45 million. All right, Vader? Um, $50 million. All right. $79.8 million. Good. This almost made $80 million. That's pretty good. 1980s money. Yeah. Eddie Murphy was a freaking hit, dude. Well, he was huge. Yeah. Which was, which was weird when he kind of fell off the planet. It was really strange. Well, Pluto and Ash didn't then. Yeah. It's like fucking I mean, nail on the coffin. We don't have to acknowledge that it exists. People want us to watch. I think most people <laughs> don't acknowledge that yeah. Pluto and Ash an, an absurd amount of Patreon members that we have, our club members, well, want they, us to they, watch Pluto and Ash. They better up it to the $30. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, yeah, if we get a hundred thirty dollar tier members, Ooh, we will watch. That's that. good. I go. like that, Jude. I'm down with that. Saltyneerclub.com. If so, we get one hundred Patreon members, we'll watch Pluto Nash. <laughs> there you go. Re- refresh my memory though, because wasn't Eddie Murphy caught with like a a transvestite hooker, and then like he had to like disappear for a while I don't un- that. until he came out with uh with the Nutty Professor. I don't remember that. At I don't all. remember that at all. Because I, I seem to remember that like that that was like a big hit to his career. He's pub- had a lot of um personal challenges. Like he didn't he have a baby with like one of the Spice Girls, yeah. and then he yeah. like eighty six her and was like, I'm not taking credit for it. Like scary, I mean, scary Spice or whatever. The fuck yeah, uh, like he's had a lot of personal like ups and downs. So I think there's been a lot of things that have. Um, <laughs> Affected his career, but well, like she, honestly, like I think he's he's fine. He's okay. not going. He hasn't gone anywhere, really. No, no, I'm wondering. What he had to mean? lay low for a year at a time when like he did his last yeah thing that people Hollywood's, were outraged about. Hollywood's weird. It fucking what's his name? That comedian. Honestly, if he was with like a, a transsexual prostitute now, people would be like, you know what? Good for you. Good man. for him. <laughs> Good for you. But like when it happened, people were like, how dare you? Oh no. It's just perspective and time. I, I don't remember that. I don't remember either. At all. Don't give a shit either. Do you want to know what the movie's about? I yes, absolutely please. do. All right. Tywin Lannister kidnapped a Tibetan monk child in the hopes of feeding him blood, murdering him, and purging the world of good. Eddie Murphy is an L.A. private dick specializing in finding missing kids who was prophesized to find the golden child and save the world. Martial artist and pretty lady Ki Nang recruits Eddie Murphy to locate and rescue the golden child, but evil Tywin stays one step ahead of them. Knowing that Lannisters always pay their debts, Team Good travels to Tibet to get a weapon that is their only hope of killing demon Lannister. The weapon... You ask? A knife. Please. It's part of the movie, dude. I know. Where did we get it? Why are you looking at me like that? That was a that was a perfect joke I just made. Okay, all right, yeah, sure. Ten out of ten. Landed it. And I I I I have the knife. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, this movie's freaking bonkers, dude. I, I, I need to point out that before Charles Dance with Tywin Lannister, oh, yeah. he was Brother Noompsy. Brother Noompsy. My brother yeah. has forgiven me. Is this before or after Aliens 3? Was oh, this was way before. Way before, way before that? Okay. Oh, yeah. 
I, I just I, I saw him and immediately I texted you guys. I'm like, is that fucking Tywin Lannister? Like, what yeah. is going? On? I, Pretty no weird, idea. right? It is very weird. He's still menacing as it's fuck. Like, wow, actors had careers before they got famous, super, super famous. famous. The yeah. funny thing is, like, he doesn't look like he's aged at all. Yeah. No, he still looks really. the same. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. It's because he's part demon. Still scary as hell. <laughs> got some demon blood. <laughs> Never know with Hollywood. If he doesn't um, return my property, I want him arrested. <laughs> been drinking baby blood in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh shit. Um, okay, so I this movie I've never seen it before. Like going in fresh. Eddie Murphy is 50-50 for me with his movies. Like some of them I love, and I think they're awesome. Trading Spaces is one of them, or places or wait, spaces, one of the two. Uh with Dan Aykroyd. Trading Spaces was Trading? a home improvement show. Sorry, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Trading Places with Dan Aykroyd. Fucking classic comedy of the eighties. I love that movie to death. He's done a lot of great stuff. This movie, I was really unsure of what I was going to be like. This is, I, I, I didn't like it that much. Um, <laughs> That's okay. I, I feel like the I, mix. I, I, the, I said this week, like Alex is going to hate the, yeah, the I'm movies. A, I'm always fascinated about people in Alex's generation, what they think about movies from, from the, from the from 80s. The genre? From, yeah. from, 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 or not from, genre, from, but that, from that decade. Uh, this this was a weird mix of two things that I, I, I feel like is like oil and water. Like mm-hmm. you got an Eddie Murphy urban street comedy mixed with like a mythical Tibetan mm-hmm. monk yeah. mythos. Yes. Yeah. Fucking weird. Yeah. Genius. <laughs> it just occurred to me. Do you know that we were doing uh, an Eddie Murphy movie bit this morning when you came in or did that just happen? What, what Eddie Murphy bit? You doing? walked in and you said, good morning. Oh, yeah, it's coming like, to America. Like coming to America. Yeah. Okay, good morning, okay, my friends. Yeah, and you're and like, I, yeah, fuck you. And, and I, I was like, fuck you I, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then I came down the stairs and I went, yes, <laughs> fuck, fuck you. you too. <laughs> okay, yeah, good, no, no, good, I know. Good, coming okay. to America. Yeah, yeah, I got the joke. That's why I say that because that's one of the things. Like, I like coming to America. I like trading places. I like all of, not all, but I like a lot of Eddie Murphy's stuff from the 80s. But there's some stuff that I just don't care about. Mm-hmm. And I watch it and I'm just like, it doesn't fit. And this kind of falls into that category where I'm like, Eddie Murphy seems really out of place in this movie. Yeah. Like, there's a cool movie here. He's the here. chosen one. Yeah, is he, though? Like, there's a cool movie with the Tibetan monk demon and the chosen child and all that shit. Like, yeah, okay, I can get on board with some mysticism, crazy, cool yeah. kung fu shit. But then you got, like, weird urban comedy Eddie Murphy mixed in. I feel like... This is kind of almost a generic movie in the sense that you could literally take probably any 80s movie star from Stallone, Schwarzenegger, Kurt Russell, Mm. uh, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, or anybody, even like on the comedic spectrum, and throw them in this role. Yeah. And it would have come out almost exactly the the same. same. I could see that. You know what I mean? It would have been different. I can see Stallone as a as a, a, a yeah. private investigator. It's a very it's a yeah. kind of a, it's kind of a generic role that that, that he's in, but he but the any actor would have put their own spin on it. I feel like Eddie did a lot of ad libbing in this. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? That's what I, I feel, feel like. I feel like he came on set and they were like, "Hey, do your Eddie mm-hmm. Murphy thing." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially, but they a- also could have said if Arnold was in this role, they could have said, "Hey, Arnold." Do your arm. It would have leaned a little bit more in the action oriented. Right. Yeah. So so. it's kind of funny that you guys say that because originally this movie, it was going to be named uh, The Rose of Tibet. 
and it was a Mel Gibson movie. <laughs> there you go. And, there you and, go. And, and ba- basically, it was it was more of a detective story mm-hmm. where Mel Gibson he's a private investigator looking for like um, missing children, and he slowly finds like you know the oatmeal with the blood in it and mm-hmm. like all this stuff that leads him to discover that there's like supernatural stuff involved. Mm-hmm. It was meant to be more of like a like a mystery thriller, and it was like supposed to be like a very serious movie. And when Mel Gibson kind of bowed out, they cast Eddie Murphy in the role. And Eddie Murphy did the script as it was written. And when they did the first test screening for it, the audience were like, wait, Eddie Murphy's not funny. Why isn't he funny? Mm -hmm. And so Paramount went back and reshot all of Eddie's scenes to have him like add Eddie Murphyisms to it. And Charles, (laughs) Charles dance actually did a, did a, um, an interview where he talked about how like the original version of the script was actually like really good. And when they went back and did the reshoots, they basically had to, um, like they had like a whole, like, a very serious musical score in place mm-hmm. and they replaced it with like synth pop and stuff. And he, he was like, basically it became a supernatural version of Beverly Hills cop. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's what audiences wanted. And in fact, Eddie Murphy was so pissed off that he had to go back and like make, make, <laughs> make this more of a comedy because he wanted it to be like, you know, like a big serious piece. Cause he was like, the original script was really good that, um, even though this movie made a lot of money, he refused to ever do a sequel to it because he, he was like, you know, like this wasn't the movie I signed on yeah, for. Yeah, they made a joke out of yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And so like, even, even though like I love this movie and I like the jokes to it and I like like the lightheartedness to it, there's a version of this movie out there that was like super serious. I would love yeah. to see that version. Yeah, yeah, me too. So V, did you ever get the feeling that we like kind of know what we're talking about with this kind of stuff? Because sure. that blew my mind. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, this looks like a generic script mm-hmm. that they put out there. And they just, like, plopped an 80s star in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly, and that's what, exactly what just happened. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah that- this is this is the kind of movie. And I, I listen, um, I know I'm an 80s kid. And, and I love this movie when I was back in the 80s. It, this movie kind of freaked me out a little bit back in the with 80s. The, with the claymation with, demon with, at the end? With, yeah, it was a little weird, right? <laughs> a little weird. But this is the kind of movie that I absolutely hold zero nostalgia for. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this is a movie that I would like to see them take, move it to 2022. Really? Redo it. And I want to see a modern take on this story, but a more serious version of it. You know what I go mean? Go dark mysticism. Go, go dark mysticism with this movie. Yeah, and, no, I, and I no, think it would no, be fun. No Kevin Hart. In the, in no, the no, give it a fucking... I don't want The Rock in it. Yeah. I don't want Kevin Hart. It was like I'll Henry Cavill or somebody, something. Somebody. Somebody fun. You know, <laughs> yeah. but, but somebody who could take that role and just kind of make it a more serious thing. That's a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. Take it down a more dark mystical road. Yeah. Cause yeah. I think it's got a cool, Ooh. it's got, it's got a cool spine. Make here it that like we can play true out, detective. Remember with Matthew McConaughey? Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, there's, there's a whole, this is one of those movies I feel like they could take, make it turn into like a whole kind of franchise. And, and kind of it's thing. weird that like test audiences at the time, I guess because they knew, Eddie Murphy was like, he's a comedian first and an actor second. Well, people didn't like for people to like break yeah, out yeah, they don't a like, different genre. Like stay in your lane, man. Mm-hmm. Like say the jokes, you know, shit like that. So like for me, when I'm watching this, I'm like, that's the biggest part that takes me out of the movie. That's the biggest part that feels out of place. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want, I don't need Eddie Murphy to be a, a freaking comedian in this movie. Yeah. I want him to be a serious private eye detective. Mm-hmm. Like go that route. So it's just weird how time have changed. Cause like, he's no longer like, I mean, he's still Eddie Murphy, but. At the time in the 80s, he was in the limelight for like Eddie Murphy Raw well, and shit like that. Well, Eddie Murphy got typecast as Eddie Murphy. Right. right. Yeah. And that's probably why he got pissed off about having to redo it. Yeah. Because, so, you know, these 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 comedians, they do want to they want to be a lot of them want to be serious actors mm-hmm. and, and comedians. And so 
Let them do their thing. Let let them do their thing. Let them act. You know, um, uh, uh, Jamie Foxx, perfect example. Perfect example, yeah. That dude can act his ass off. Mm -hmm. And, um, but he's also a really funny dude. You know, let him, let him do his thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you know that the female lead in this was only 18? What? Oh man, that makes, well, I mean. That makes me feel real dirty right now. 18 (laughs) is barely legal, I guess, is what they would say. But that's, so that brings up. I guess we're just going to freaking segue into this. But okay. that, was, that was one of the weird scenes for me. So I was like watching this show. And uh, that scene where they go into the biker gang's home and they're trying, they're investigating something. I can't remember why they went in there, but they're like, oh, I got to go break up. Because he's looking for the other girl. That- right, who got kidnapped, no, right? Yeah. 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 No, so like the girl that uh, got killed at the beginning that he, he was searching for, mm-hmm. yeah. um, he got a anonymous tip that this biker gang was the one who who sold her off to the people who eventually murdered her and so he went to this house to track down the biker gang where they they kind of hang out and like right. do drugs and stuff like that and uh and so like typical he, biker house if yeah, you've ever been in one I mean, I mean it was straight from uh what do you call it the point break right yeah yeah, yeah it was yeah. huh yeah uh, that was the that was the bit that kind of made me chuckle because they like they go into this freaking biker house and they're and and the chick comes in there and she's like I'm you know she's like a kung fu master or whatever, and she kicks this dude through a wall mm-hmm. and it happens to break a water line inside the house <laughs> and she she's wearing like this like white shirt this white silky silk, shirt silk blouse she gets soaked and for the rest of the scene she's just running around in freaking a wet skin wet tight wet t shirt and I was just like yes please like really. <laughs> It just kind of made they me were like, Does that hey, offend you? No, it doesn't gonna, offend me. You're going to play the female lead kung fu master who knows all about the sorcery shit. You're going to introduce this shit to Eddie Murphy right. and like get him to believe in it. And she was like, oh my God, this sounds amazing. Also, so, you're going to be in a wet t-shirt. You're going to be in a wet t-shirt for Sweet. at least 10 minutes. So, <laughs> so th- there are two things I want to bring up real quick. Uh, so at the beginning of this movie, we see like Eddie Murphy kind of going around putting up flyers looking mm-hmm. for this lost girl. And there's this like little newsstand that he goes by where there's this guy who's reading like a magazine called <laughs> Big Asses. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and you know, I, I'm, I'm such a big fan of this movie that when I lived in Hollywood. So you were going to say I was such a big fan of this magazine. <laughs> well, that too. Well, I, I, yeah. I totally yeah. am. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm such a big fan of this movie that when I, I moved to Hollywood, I tracked down where this mm-hmm. newsstand was and it wasn't too far from where my school was in, in Hollywood. And I actually shot a scene from my movie, um, The Outside Man, at that uh, oh, at that no, cool. newsstand, be, 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 well, because like I, I love the Golden Child so much, and so like I was, I was like, I really want to find that stand and work it into my movie, and so like that was like one of the uh, the inspirations for uh, for one of the scenes that I shot for for my own film that I did with Jeremy Renner. That's pretty freaking cool. humble brag right there. Um, <laughs> no, dude, brag also, about he's it. He's a blue check mark. Yeah, also blue check mark. <laughs> when when are we gonna have Jeremy Renner on the show, bro? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't return my calls anymore. <laughs> I should tell him I'm a blue check. Maybe that'll bring him around. I mean, if he doesn't already know, fuck him. This was, this was before he was Hawkeye, guys. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was when he was doing like Budweiser commercials. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. We're a bunch of freaking alcoholics over here. Um, okay, so. Honey, your straw's upside down. Is it? Yeah, learn how to straw, will you? Come on. There we go. Fixed. Um, <laughs> so no, I, uh, I like, but, but the second thing I want to do real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so at the beginning of this movie, Eddie Murphy goes on like a public access show mm-hmm. that uh, in order to kind of like create awareness of the girl that he's looking for, and and the the guy who hosts the show just she reminds me of every podcaster oh, yeah. I've been listening to <laughs> for sure. <laughs> like, like like and, and nowadays it would be on YouTube where the guy, yeah. guy's like, let's do the the pie, Tide Pod challenge. Well. 
well uh, yeah you know, like we're talking He's, about this. this is this is when i'm wa- i'm clicking through every youtube channel and i'm like why do people watch this yeah what is it's, going it's on? this fucking and, dude and, and they all have three times the amount of yeah. subs that we do but, but the, the great thing about the, the scene is that is that so like eddie murphy eventually gets frustrated with the guy takes the mic and says like you know like this is the girl i'm looking for and then as he storms off the stage the host is like uh, turns to his other guests and he's like so you've had a sex change yeah. huh yeah and the guy and just like the, this deep voice is like yes yes i have <laughs> it, that was one of the funnier bits in the movie and it was actually something that i thought was really funny because you you guys know how i hate these freaking gimmicky show oh, yeah, bullshit yeah, yeah, stuff sure. and that's all this dude was he's sitting there and he's like he doesn't give a shit about eddie murphy's actual purpose for being there which is to bring awareness to this missing person how would you get into this line of work yeah like doesn't give a shit about what he's actually there for and i love that eddie murphy's character was just like i don't fucking have time for this did, shit did like, you did any of you guys ever watch public access in in the 80s or not well i've really. seen wayne's a, world yeah no <laughs> no, no, it was, it was just like that. It was just like people sitting in a studio mm-hmm. uh, doing like, uh, you know, the, the talk bit thing. Um, it's very, very kind of like pathetic in, in certain ways. It's like but early it, podcasting. Well, well it, was, it was a precursor to YouTube, really. Yeah. Pre- anyone, anyone could go into the, that studio and do like a little bit. I feel so, like if you were if you were making a, um, a comparison for these days, it'd be like late night comedic TV shows like Fallon and fucking all those other dudes. Like they just basically do the same thing. They have like two or three people sit in a, at a love seat next to them on their desk well, an and they ask them, I mean, and they ask them like random freaking scripted questions that they already fucking know I, the answer I, I think to. it's easier to say that some of the public access channels are trying to be like cheap versions of the late night mm-hmm. network shows. Yeah. yeah because I mean, Johnny Carson was a huge thing. I mean, it was just, yeah, go ahead. It's like the Chris Farley SNL skit. Mm-hmm. Like, remember when you did that? Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. cool. That was really cool. Which is kind of what we do when <laughs> we have actors on our show. We're like, hey, remember yeah. that scene? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's basically cool. what we do, right? Yeah, a little bit. So, But mm-hmm. less gimmicky. I, I try to be more honest with that kind of stuff because yeah. I genuinely am interested. But I just thought that that scene was really funny and it was one of the, my favorite scenes in the movie where he, Eddie was just not having his shit. And he's like, give me that freaking microphone. Yeah. Look, oh. have you seen this girl? Let me know. This started the uh, bust your ass. I will uh, bust your ass. Count, oh, count yeah. for me. Eddie Murphy says, I'm going to bust your ass. I'm going to bust your ass. At least a dozen times during the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when he, he says, goes, he says that in a lot of his movies. When he goes to Thailand, I got, we'll get there in a little bit. When he goes Tibet. to Thailand, Tibet. Tibet, sorry. And he says the same thing and he starts like going off on that freaking, mm-hmm. the, the homeless person. Did you see person. a skinny, naked, homeless person <laughs> with a hundred dollar bill? Said- Did you clock him from the other movie, Egg Shen? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. There's some. There's some. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. Because there are only so many Asian actors in Hollywood in the. In '86. Yeah. 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 It's like not Pat Morita was in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically. Yeah. Good. Good good old uh, Victor Wong. Yep. Um, um, I wanted to ask, yeah, go ahead. I wanted to point out something for Jude's sake. Oh. So first of all, this movie was written by a screenwriter named Dennis Feldman, who uh, is known for writing the Species um, movie okay. um, with Nata- Natasha, Natasha Henstridge. Yeah. But the director of this movie is a guy named Michael Ritchie. And I want to give you guys a guess as to like what he's directed. Michael Ritchie? Michael Ritchie. Not Guy Ritchie. Not Guy movies. Ritchie. Not Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie's dad? No, <laughs> I have no idea. Not even close. Cousin, third cousin. So, uh, so Michael Ritchie dr- directed Bad News Bears and both the Fletch movies, but he also directed one of Jute's favorite movies. Is it Overboard? No, close. Wildcats. <laughs> I love Wildcats. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so originally Eddie Murphy wanted George Miller of Mad Max fame to direct this movie, but when he had his first meeting with Miller, 
he kept Miller waiting for like four hours as he was like dealing with other stuff, I guess. And Miller got so pissed yeah, off. He's cool. like, he's like, I'm not working with this, with this jerk. Yeah. And so like eventually they had to settle for Michael Ritchie. That would have been a weird movie. Mm-hmm. If the guy from Mad Max made this thing, like what kind of stunts do you think? He would have had Shaolin monks freaking flying all over the place. Poles and shit. Right <laughs> dune buggies and stuff. That would have been dope. Awesome. Yeah. And, and, uh, JL, uh, Rate, I think the the actor who plays the Golden Child, that's actually a girl. It's a girl. Is it really? really? What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, she's she's playing a boy. Oh. <laughs> she pulls and it off. And I don't think she was ever in anything else. Nope. I, remember I agree with thing. I think yeah, I think that's true. No, I'm mean, I mean, trying I mean, to find it. So yeah. she she didn't actually have to do anything. She didn't have any lines. <laughs> Sat there in her cage. One of the I think she has yeah. one line. Touch one of the biggest issues I had with this movie. Um was that like as soon as I saw Charles dance in it, I was like, I got really excited. This mm-hmm. was a first watch for me. Yes, right? first okay. watch for me. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, oh shit, Charles dances in this movie. This is gonna be freaking cool. Like, I can't wait to see him be like this evil demon monk dude. Like, mm-hmm. that'll be fucking awesome. He's barely in it. Like, he shows up once in a while and he's like, there's no real range of dialogue. Yeah. He's just kind of like stoic and creepy. And then he just disappears and he turns into a freaking claymation monster. Okay. How about the scene (laughs) after he kills that big bad martial artist guy, Tommy Tong? Mm -hmm. And he goes like into his like demon realm and the demon's like, I immediately thought, the fucking voice actor. Dude. I immediately thought, oh, that's where they got spawned. Yeah. No, no, no. Because it looked like a spawn movie. No, you know what that was, right? So the voice actor who did that voice, uh, Frank Welker, he's the same guy who, um, you know, I grew up watching Inspector Gadget. He did Mm. the Dr. Claw voice. And that was the Dr. Claw voice. That was the exact same voice as Dr. Claw. Yeah. You were wise to kill Tommy Tong. He was weak. Uh, Because there's a scene where basically uh, um, set. Shadow Numsi or Numspa. Shadow Numspa. Yeah, he he communes with like the devil, Uh and like the the devil's voice is 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 very much like the same voice as Doctor Claw. I can remember growing up watching that. I was like, that's Doctor Claw's voice. (laughs) Listen, the devil went down to Georgia and he was looking for a soul to steal. (laughs) (laughs) Freaking Inspector Gadget. I haven't seen that in forever. Uh, So this is one of the issues that I had with this movie. I felt like this might have been a bit of a plot hole slash like script issue and also it was the 80s Kadish might be able to disagree with me on this we'll see i'm just going to spell this out um so originally charles dance steals the golden child and they're not able to kill it because it's like protected by some mysticism Mm -hmm. unless they get to taint the the golden child by making it drink blood Mm -hmm. so their whole goal by stealing this girl and killing her and like draining her her blood is to get the golden child to drink but they couldn't do it they, like refuse wouldn't do it and there's no way they we used could... too much blood in that oatmeal <laughs> they were like we can't trick him into drinking blood or whatever and then charles dance like prays to the devil and the devil's like oh i forgot to tell you there's a fucking <laughs> there's a knife that you can go get that's back in tibet just go back to where you came from, which yeah. was originally where you stole like, the child bro, from. I just came from I'm there. Like, like, why the fuck are they in America to begin with? Like, do they need to go to America to find virgin blood for the child to drink? Like, I, I didn't understand. It like, seems less I, likely that you would find virgin blood in America. Right? Than I didn't understand why they shifted gears so hard from like blood drinking to sp- magical like, dead magical hot. Da- dagger. Everyone's naked in Tibet. <laughs> like, no one wants to take off their clothes. I assume. Right. What's your explanation was, for that? It was the 80s. And they don't give a shit? And they don't 80s, give a shit. 80s rules. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Katie, sure. did I find a plot hole in this, or am I being disingenuous? 
No, you know, I never really thought about it before. <laughs> uh, I was like, they could have just stayed in Tibet. Could have just they, stayed in Tibet. Thing, yeah. They just had a shropper, huh, moment. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah where, where, where's, my, where's my whiskey? So yeah. I can start <laughs> sipping on it surly. He had to figure out how to get Eddie into the movie. I guess, yeah, that's the only thing. That's what really took me out of I mean, movie. to be fair, Charles Dance does not go back to Tibet. He sent, like, they send Eddie Murphy. And right. then when he comes back into the U.S., that's when Charles Dance the, is the, like, the give only, me my the thing. The only thing I can think of is, like, in Tibet, it's it's good magic and in LA it's evil magic so LA's like the the, <laughs> the epicenter of like where like you can commune yeah. with hell and so they had to get him back to like the evil place in order to weaken his power okay uh, so okay All i right, mean yeah. they even they and they had to like ship the dragon lady back and forth to, to LA yeah, yeah. That's what so I'm saying. She, so she could. Okay. Like Eddie Murphy doesn't belong in this movie. No, he also, really doesn't. I mean, Charles Dance was not going to be like the pillar of good that was going to find get be able to get the dagger. Right. He needed somebody else to bring the dagger. Yeah. To him. I also like so like the character of Nee Kang is constantly just very blatantly telling Eddie Murphy like like you know here's how things are. Mm -hmm. And when he first meets uh like he, the the the, the, the shadow lady, um oh uh, yeah he, she she's like. Oh, uh, her ancestor was raped by a dragon, yeah. and, and Eddie Murphy's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's like he doesn't believe anything she's no. telling him, even though she's just straight up like, "Here's how it is." I love that, like the the silhouette of her, and she's like, "Oh, you have to do this to get the dagger," and he's like, "Lady, shut the fuck up!" And he like rips open yeah. her freaking little thing, and she's like, "Ah!" And it's yeah. like this whole snake lady. Like this movie goes hard on the mysticism, yeah. but then it's like weirdly juxtaposed what is that word juxtaposed juxtaposed with eddie murphy's like urban comedy it was, it yeah. was so I, weird i, I remember when i was a kid and they revealed like like the dragon lady it's kind of um, weird type right? thing yeah like, I, I, that freaked me out oh yeah for younger. sure that's like straight medusa shit like yeah. it was really weird yeah but it's also just Who like was also raped yeah it, it, it's also just the way she's revealed because she's like no don't look at me you know like, like it's very yeah. weird i'm tired very of strange. like fucking Dragon gods raping bitches. <laughs> well, it's, not what, cool. it's not cool. It's not cool. That's what dragons do. Listen, if you're a dragon, don't rape bitches. Fucking chill, yeah. man. <laughs> just, zoop. just no Five, means no. Five thirty. No means no. <laughs> Bitch In the eighties <laughs> and now, then, like fucking chill. Uh, if we ever get that actor on the stream, we have to ask him about that line because that shit's hilarious. Tof Tofer Grace. No, not Tofer Grace. Yeah. Um, Walton Goggins. Walton Goggins. Mm. I don't give a shit about Topher Grace. <laughs> somebody introduced me in, into uh, somebody introduced me to a new show uh, that Walton Goggins plays a big part in. Like, the Righteous Gems. I haven't heard of it. That right, righteous fun. Gemstone. Righteous yeah. Gemstones. Cool. Yeah. Right on. Uh, okay, and there's one other before. Like, I'm. This is kind of all I'm getting out of this movie. But there's another scene that I was laughing my ass off at, and has nothing to do with anything. It's just Eddie Murphy being Eddie Murphy in like an urban setting. Is when he hops over that family's fence, and this <laughs> so poor fucking family, yeah, yeah. this poor That's fucking family is just sitting yeah. out there barbecuing. And, and, and he's got like a gun, and he's got a yeah. gun, and he's like, "Wait, I'm not here to hurt you. Just gonna have one of those chips." They, just a chip. I thought that was so like <laughs> funny and also clever on his part because yeah. he's like, you know, jumping fences. He's a black man with a gun in his hand. And, and he's like, yeah. they totally think I'm here. Exactly. They're not going to believe anything I say. So I'm just going to like pretend like, yeah, I'm holding you up for these chips. Yeah. Flip that over. It's burning. <laughs> that, was the, that was the best like, part. Flip those burgers. They're burning. He's like, They're burning. He starts yelling at the guy. He's like, hey, 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 pay attention. Those are burning. Flip them over right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just I got my chips. I'm going. <laughs> that whole bit, like. That had nothing to do with the movie. It just felt like, okay, we have to get Eddie Murphy from point A to point B, mm -hmm. but we need some filler content. And mm -hmm. they, they were just like, 
what would happen if yeah. Eddie Murphy with a gun this hopped into somebody's family backyard? family just wants to like grill with their family. <laughs> and like their shitty graffiti ridden backyard. God damn it. That shit was so funny. Do you have a Vader? Do you have any other uh, thoughts about that scene? Yeah, I feel like you're pretty quiet. Like, oh, you, I, I am? Yeah, a little bit. I'm sorry. Are okay, you no, enjoying your hooch? I, I think maybe the hooch is hitting me a little bit. <laughs> <for sure>. um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Did, yeah, I know. I got you. What, what, is, what did you think about that, it was, that scene? It was funny, and it felt like it was completely ad-libbed. Okay. I completely, feel like most yeah. of this movie was ad-libbed. Yeah, ad-libbed. anything Especially with Eddie, the, yeah. I feel like he just, like, they just told him. It's like, just make some shit. Just do Eddie Murphy shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right, cool. All right, guys, before we finish off this conversation, we're going to take a quick break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, if you like what we do here and you want to support us, head over to saltynerdclub.com and become a club member. It's only $5 a month. That's less than a freaking gallon of gas these days. <laughs> head over to the club <laughs> member area and uh, you can join up. It's $5 a month and you get access to four exclusive podcasts every single month, sometimes five, depending on how the weeks line up. But we do classic sci-fi stuff. Uh, this coming month, uh, we're doing Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Yeah. And it's going to be a wild ride. So join up. I'm kind of excited too. So if you want to join into that and help support the podcast and help what we do, plus get a ton of extra content, head over to saltinerclub.com and join up. We have a great community and they would love to have you. I guarantee it. You know what's fun about doing that is that a lot of the times like one of us will pick it. But most of us, it's it's usually a first watch for mm-hmm. these things, and it's been really fun, like getting introduced to these new shows and get like getting like a fresh take on. I'm genuinely excited about watching Buck Rogers. We like, do uh, we do a, a, a watch party. party in our Discord yeah. every Monday night around ten ten thirty p.m. I know it's late. Pacific Pacific. That's, that's when um, we can do it. Yeah, that's when like so if you're a night owl, host, so. if you're a night owl on the East Coast, you can join us at like one a.m. Yeah. <laughs> like the nightlife, you like to party. So. Uh, you know, we were talking about the chip scene yeah. earlier, and right after that, he like breaks into like the party house uh, where they're playing like some type of like eighties rock song. Oh, the what are they, so yellow but, dragons or something? Yeah, but one of the funny things is, is that uh, so like when Eddie Murphy's interrogating this guy, he reveals that uh, yeah, he sold off uh, the, the gang sold off this girl they kidnapped for a pack of cigarettes and a quart of pork fried rice yeah. to uh, God, Tommy Tong. And I, I, was, so I was like, terrible. oh, the eighties, like yeah. women were cheap back then. <laughs> so Fuck off. Also, I think the song that, that's playing when they first get there is like a Motley Crue song. That's like an it's, actual. It's not Motley Crue. It's, it's uh, Vader. You, you clocked that song when you were watching it during the watch party, didn't you? Do you remember what the bikers were watching? I don't remember. <laughs> I just remember it being like seriously like, homosexual. I think it was something. I think <laughs> yes. I, I it was glam rock, dude. I said something about real bikers wouldn't listen to this shit. Yes, and I forget what it was. Thank though. you. I like, where I thought it was Motley this, Crue. I'm was looking like, it up right now. Something lame. This is the biggest disconnect that I have with people from the early '80s mm-hmm. generation, like '70s, '80s generation, like the glam rock. Yeah, that, yeah, I don't get it. Like you guys are like Gen Xers are like generally pretty so, fucking hardcore. Yeah. Like, you know, fucking masculine. Be a man. Do this. Fucking Metallica. Shit like that. But then I look at Dude, rock songs from um, the eighties, and I'm like, well, you dudes were a bunch of fruity tootie freaks. Well, it was rat. Yeah. Fucking yeah, yeah, rat, rat. Like spandex, no shirts, fucking Lots polka dots, Aquanet. Licking the microphone like you were David Lee like Roth. Fucking yeah. like <laughs> eyeliner and lipstick. Back like, when men weren't afraid to dress like women. Right. <laughs> So it was so weird. Here, here, you know, my experience was um, we listened to that music because the girls liked it. Okay. And I liked the, I, I was a thrash metal dude. I listened to 
Metallica like Sabbath and Slayer and, and yeah. stuff like that. You know, I, I listened to the harder stuff, but we all kind of had this weird spot for, you know, <laughs> the Scorpions and Def Leppard and, you know, but when it comes to um, the real fruity bands like Poison and Warrant, no. Mm, they okay. were though i i made fun of the fucking weirdos that listen listen to that gay <laughs> shit it's just it's like no 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 i always wonder because like that's like that's presented to my generation as yeah. like well, that peak was, 80s that was the pop music of yeah it was yeah I, I look at that yeah. and i'm like you guys were freaking yeah every, weird. every studio had their stable of hair 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 hairspray bands right mm-hmm. Butt rockers, we called them. You, you know, they all look. They all look exactly. I'm not going to stop because that's what we called them. The, 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 they all look the same. They all sounded the same. They all dressed the same. Yeah. And and they made. They all came out with the exact same fucking albums, and it just was what. It I don't was. get it. So, I've never been yeah. into that. I, I and, they, and, and most of them have disappeared. I'm like '70s rock, and then there's a big gap. Yeah. And then there's '90s rock. Yeah. <laughs> like there's there's no '80s rock and roll for me. Right. Back so. when you could make songs called. She's only 17. (laughs) (laughs) Winger, Kip Winger. So uh, I I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the fact that this movie and Big Trouble in Little China, uh, the other like heavily Asian inspired movie of of this year, Mm -hmm. they came out in the same year and they were kind of like, you know, occasionally Hollywood, they'll like, you'll have two rival studios kind of green light movies that are like very similar to one another. And it becomes like a competition, like the first to like get released in theaters and like whoever makes the most money and stuff like that. And that was the situation in 1985 when they greenlit um, Big Trouble and this movie, The Golden Child. And originally uh, the studio for this movie, which was Paramount, they approached John Carpenter to direct this movie. And Carpenter uh, just wasn't interested and said he chose to go with Big Trouble in Little China. And uh, I just think that it, it's kind of fascinating because... Big Trouble in China was a box office, you know, disappointment, mm-hmm. whereas this movie made almost like $100 million in 80s cash. And so like, um, and uh, in, in the race to the uh, theatrical release, Big Trouble was a summer release, whereas this one was a December release. So I, I just thought it was kind of interesting that we had like the, these two 80s um, mysticism movies come out with a lot of the same actors. So like, yeah. so like they, you know, we weren't joking when, when I said earlier that, you know, there are only so many Asian actors in Hollywood and this movie, you have Victor Wong who was from Tremors and uh, big trouble in China. He played egg Shen. Mm-hmm. And then you had James Hong who uh, played. Um, he was the, the doctor, doctor, Dr. Hong, I think. In yeah. This. Yeah. Yeah. He's Dr. Hong in this, but he played, um, Lopan. Lopan. The bad guy. In, in, uh, mm-hmm. in Big Trouble in Little China. Bad. And then uh, t- uh, the guy who played Tommy Tong in this movie, Peter Kwong, who was one of the three storms in, in Big Trouble in Little China. I, I there's just a, think there's a couple more, but like very much smaller roles. But there's like, I want to say there's like half a dozen people who were in both of these movies. Yeah. And then like you have like other people like Randall Tex Cobb, who's like in this movie as like a very small part. And mm-hmm. if you've ever watched Raising Arizona, he's like the big burly, um, you know, uh, bounty hunter guy in, in that movie. Um, and uh, I don't know, like there's there's just like, there's a lot of interesting stuff in this film, but I, I think that Victor Wong as uh, the old Gupta, who's, who's like the, uh, the um, what do you call it? Like like the head monk yeah. at, at the, at the monastery. Father. Yeah, I, I love like, he's just like a complete asshole, mm-hmm. to, especially to Eddie Murphy. And he's so gross. Yeah, he, he really is. <laughs> he's kind of fun though, I like him. 
But like, like our first introduction to him, he basically like steals a hundred bucks from Eddie yeah. Murphy. <laughs> oh my God. And Eddie Murphy's, Eddie Murphy's like, oh, look at this poor crippled, right, yeah. like homeless oh, guy. And, they, and he like and stands, he up, stands up and there's a hole underneath him. And, and he's like, like, you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> his, his little like pants sleeves are yeah. just like flapping yeah. in the wind when he, and then, and then. He, like Eddie Murphy grabs him and he like turns around and he comes back and, and it, turns back all these it, like, like goes full Obi-Wan and just turns into a thing of robes yeah. <laughs> he's like Where, where'd that little naked man go he's still got my hundred dollars so, so you, you guys know that I, I've written a book series called Earthman Jack yeah. right yeah and in the third book I have like this mentor character who's kind of like a Yoda type character to to my main character of Jack and um, he was partially based off of the old Gupta character from right. this movie because, like, he's such a such, such an abrasive jerk. Um, but uh, I, I love that character. And can we talk about the scene where Eddie Murphy shows up at the monastery to ask for the knife? Sure. Please. If you do, if you talk about this, you have to spin the column, like imaginary column. Just spin it. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I watched this scene and Eddie like, Murphy shows up to the monastery. Yeah. <laughs> like I get it. Like they're, they were making a joke. I guess I felt like the joke kind of overstayed its welcome a little bit. Do you feel like the joke overstayed its welcome? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do. <laughs> But that's just me, because I'm like, I don't have a sense of humor, and this didn't make any sense to me. But Well, that's just you. Yeah, that's just me. <laughs> so it just made, I don't know, it is what it is. But go ahead, talk about it. I, I mean, that, that, that's one of the most iconic scenes from this movie. Yeah. Like, like when you talk about the golden child, everyone's like, I, I, I want the knife. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I, I just love that, like, so like he has a trial that he has to go through in order to achieve the knife, which is he has to carry a little glass of water like through this obstacle course, essentially, to, mm -hmm. to get to like the flame that like protects the knife. And uh, I feel like that's like when he shows up and he does like the spinny thing and he asks for the knife and then like when he goes on this trial, that's the best part of this entire movie for yeah. me because it's it's the most fun. And just Eddie Murphy's reaction, he's like, like, oh, there's a bottom here. And he like flips the corner yeah. and like listens. <laughs> listens. He's like, there's a bottom, Monty. <laughs> <laughs> there's no bottom. <laughs> this, this scene reminded me so much of like Indiana Jones. Yes. Like I was like, man. Look, we talked about a minute ago, like you could replace Eddie Murphy with mm -hmm. any 80s action star and they would put their own spin on it. Like I legit at that point in time in the movie when I'm watching this, I'm like, Harrison Ford could be in this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did like when he was like, how do people survive doing this? And they're like, none. And he's like, none. <laughs> none? <laughs> it's goofy, man. Um, do you want to talk about the dream sequence? Oh, yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. I don't remember. Yeah, go ahead. He's like, he... You're tied up with toilet paper. And she's like, oh. well, I'm, I'm here because it's your dream. Yeah, Do you yeah. want to so, rescue me? And so, he's like, well, yeah, it's my dream. So, I want to so, rescue so you. So there's this part where Eddie Murphy falls asleep and uh, uh, Brother Noomspa uh, pulls him into like a, a dream where he can negotiate trading the golden child for the knife. And uh, during that scene, uh, Eddie Murphy's like on the set of a sitcom and he mm. sees like the people and, and there's like a live studio. Like the audience. Monty Hall thing. Yeah. And what's funny is that that was actually the, the set of Webster that they shot that huh. on um, <laughs> at the time. So, uh, but uh, yeah, this is the first time that I think uh, Numspa and uh, and Eddie Murphy's character- Brother Noomsi? Brother Noomsi, yeah, uh, um, have like a little exchange. And Eddie Murphy kind of realizes that he's having a dream and, and so like he's not taking anything seriously, which I thought was kind of funny. And, and, and Ki Nang shows up just tied up against the wall, but she's mm -hmm. tied up in, like, in toilet paper. She's tied up in toilet paper. Her hair is slicked back and wet, and she's wearing like a, a very corset uh -huh. uh, outfit. Yeah, she is beautiful. Um, 18. 
Yeah, and 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 she's legal. Being, and she's being, <laughs> she's being very flirty with with Eddie Murphy uh, as well. Gross. <laughs> and the <laughs> off studio audience is like applauding yeah. uh, as they're like flirting with one another. And even Charles Dance is applauding because yeah. it's a dream. Oh, okay. This dude fucking. <clears throat> Who? Can what? we talk about that? Monkey boy? What the fuck is going on here? I'm is that prosthetics? Sure. Yeah, that's prosthetics. Okay. It is. Yeah. Okay. It's not just like a deformed person who he was like. Yeah, I was afraid he was a burn victim. I, I was too. Yeah. I'm like, so, this also, guy, like, good like, for you for having so, a role in. Right. I didn't know how to feel. I'm like, yeah. also, like, I didn't too. I'm yeah. like, are they taking advantage if, of his deformity if, if or if he, is he making money? If he was of a burn victim, would we not be allowed I, to talk about him? So, so one of the things about Shadow Numspa. Is that he's a demon? Sadonumsi. You, you, um, you say his name different every fucking time. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I just know him as Brother Numsi, okay. so I'm trying to be. Sado Numspa. So basically, he's a demon, and basically, he preys on people who aren't like you know mentally the fittest, and so like he surrounds himself with a lot of like you know like um, um, mentally slow people and and people who minions. Uh, well, minions, but but people who like aren't can't fight back. Basically, not necessarily can't fight back because a lot of them are skilled, but like they're they're, they're basically somewhat deformed or like you, you know like mentally deficient in some mm -hmm. way, and that's how he's able to control them is because like they can't like really like control themselves uh, under his demonic influence. That was very politically correctly put. I was <laughs> I was trying to be very careful about I how know. I said this. Rather be politically In ten years, correct. people are going to cancel you just for that. Oh. No, I just like I was watching this movie and. Like that dude legitimately looks creepy and weird, and I didn't know if I'm like. To. I know that's fine. Like I they, myself they, am strange I, I, and unusual. I, I felt like he was like a discount Jim Carrey almost. Huh. Um, you know? I didn't get that, but this okay. Was, this was pre Jim Carrey though. Yeah. Yeah. Very pre Jim Carrey. Yeah. But this dude's in everything. Literally everything. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. J James Hong. James yeah. Hong. Yeah. That dude. Like he's even he's still freaking working with Jack Black. Seinfeld. Right now. Table four. Seinfeld. Table four. Table four. four. Like he's he's fucking yeah. uh, he's. Uh, Poe's dad from uh, well, well, we just saw him in, in everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, was that good? I haven't seen. Oh, it, it was. It was really fantastic. Good. I gotta yeah. check it out. It's one of the best movies of the year. I hear. Is it? Yeah, that's. It. I that, don't doubt it. It rhymed. was really good. Um, yeah, we saw the return of uh, Short Round. In that mm -hmm. movie. Mm -hmm. Yep. You guys ready to do final I'm thoughts? Surprised he hasn't been canceled for propagating uh, Asian stereotypes. And moves. That, you know, I was gonna bring this up <laughs> after we were done recording for like the side, you know, the Twitter Spaces thing, but. Like, hey man, if you play your strengths, yeah, yeah, you're a working actor Listen. in the '80s. It's not his fault. He's playing Asian roles. Look, dude, and no, honestly, if he was getting cast Listen, today, well, and he is, if somebody else were getting cast in that role that wasn't Asian, well, then they would slam if, them. If, if Hollywood needs a basic white dude, I'm right here. I can yeah. feel that stereotype. I am a I think basic we got white enough. dude. Well, well, what's, what's, what's funny is is James Hong started his career, I think, in in like the '40s or '50s. Uh, playing blackface, actually. Really? Wow. Yeah. Whoa. That's a weird thing. That doesn't, the last time anybody did that was Tropic Thunder. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Taking some chances. Never do that you people. I'm the dude playing the dude. <laughs> disguise disguise another, another dude. dude. I don't break character till I do the, the DVD commentary. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Never, that dude took some chances, man. I love you never, it. You never go full retard. <laughs> never go full retard. That is the last great comedy of our era ever. <laughs> Tropic Thunder, freaking top of the. The last Amazing. time anyone was able to do any of those things without getting canceled. Oh, uh, fuck I, the cancel. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, go cancel yourself. I fuck just em. said the word a retard. I don't give a fuck. I don't, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so after dropping all these F-bombs, this was uh, Eddie Murphy's first PG-13 movie. Yeah. You know, there was a... 
Yeah, yeah, it was a severe lack. Yeah, be, because like he actually like got rid of like a lot of like the, his. I bet a, a bunch of those. I'm gonna bust your ass. Was I'm gonna fuck you ass. <laughs> in post, they were like, "Can you change that? Can you not say that." Yeah. Um, you guys uh, ready? What, 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 before we get oh, to the final thoughts, yeah, uh, I wanted to get your take on the special effects and the climax of this, where <laughs> no, 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 turns into the demon. Man. Okay, so. <laughs> Part of me says there's a little bit of nostalgia for the claymation stuff uh-huh. that that takes a lot of skill to make work. I think they did their best. Yeah, oh yeah. I think uh, yeah for the for the era that it's in, I think they did a really good job as far as the claymation goes. Because I know there was that time period in the early '90s with Jurassic Park, and they were like, "Are we going to go claymation or are we going to go CGI?" So it's not quite there yet with the CGI. This is all claymation stuff. Yeah, there wasn't I, even CGI didn't even exist yeah. at this point. For the time period and for what they technology that they had to work with, I think they pulled it off just fine. I have no issue with it. I did. I didn't. I wasn't taken out of the movie because of it. Unlike something like a movie like Spawn, who did something similar, like that took me out of the freaking movie because it was mm-hmm. just so atrociously bad. Yeah. This was fine. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, they're doing the classic claymation demon thing. Cool. We've seen it. We've <laughs> seen it in Clash of Titans. We've seen it in you know all these other old school movies and stuff. So. I had a good time with it. I do really genuinely think they underutilized somebody like Charles Dance. I know mm-hmm. he wasn't famous at the time, but I feel like he didn't have a lot to do in this movie. And I'm like, I would have liked to have seen a lot more of him. One of my favorite scenes is when Eddie Murphy comes back with a knife and uh, Noopsy is there. And, and Eddie Murphy is just like, he's like, do you know who I am? I mean, he's like, yeah, you're a Saranoopsy. My brother Saranoopsy. Oh, forgive me, brother. And that whole thing that he does, which I'm sure was ad-libbed, is just the funniest part of this whole thing. He's just being so gregarious and being like, like, oh, this is my brother. Yes, I've stolen from him. Arrest me. (laughs) And I feel like he's playing back on his um, coming to America, like, like, kind of bits from that being like, yeah, oh, yeah. arrest me, and, and do tr- this to me. I am scum, I am slime, my brother, I have, di- I have disobeyed you. Yeah, and, and Charles Dance can't react. He just yeah. has to like look yeah. angry. Don't face like, the whole and, time. And honestly, like the thought behind this was really smart because he was like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, I'm trying to get arrested because if you get me arrested, your plan fails. Mm-hmm. Fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, fun fact about that knife. Um, so... One of my other like kind of like guilty pleasure movies is The Shadow um, with Alec Baldwin, mm-hmm. and uh, the knife in that movie was the same dagger that they used in this movie. Mm-hmm. So, just which like, is also the same knife that uh, Arya killed the Night King. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be cool wild if it was. If it was though. Oh shit! But why did Arya kill the Night King again? Uh, wokeism. Because John Snow <laughs> no, couldn't do it. I don't know, dude. He didn't want it. Because Benioff and Weiss are fucking hacks. God almighty. That's why. Oh, well, whatever. That's why. Yeah, the They're... demon dude was cool. Yeah. Like, it freaked me out when I was, you know, back then. I thought it was like really well done. I've watched it now for the first time in decades, and I'm like, uh, mm. yeah, that's yeah. yeah, it didn't really age that great. It's know. fine for the time. But for, right, I guess yeah. for whatever. Yeah, it was fine. Cool. You guys ready for final thoughts? Yes. I guess. All right. Vader, give it a rating. Final thoughts on The um, Golden Child. 16-year-old me would have given this movie a four. Wow. Okay. Um, 52-year-old me gives this movie like uh, like a two and a half. I, I, I just, it didn't, it is, this movie hasn't aged well okay. for me. Um, I didn't think Eddie Murphy was that funny. He's way better in other stuff. Um, the special effects have not aged well. Um, 
I don't know. It just, uh, it just, it just, I, I expected, I, I, I remember this better. I remember this movie more fondly from, from back in the day. I, I, I almost wish I hadn't rewatched it because it's been a long time and I just, it's, it's not as good as it was when I, when I remember when I thought it was good. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, fun movie. You know, it's cool. It's fine. Two and a half. I'm going to cut it right down the middle. You know, I'll give it nostalgia points. You know, the wet t-shirt was hot, you know, um, but the special effects have not uh, held up. For okay. Me. So, yeah. Jude, how about you? Okay. So I was really excited for this week. Uh, you know, 80s movies is my thing. Right. Um, I have probably seen this movie a thousand times. Um, it's, it's. I feel like it's one of those movies that, yeah, maybe it doesn't age well, but like the the older it gets, I guess the less the jokes hold up, but the more nostalgia points it gets. Okay. And like watching it now that um, I have like a, a better, um, I, I guess, uh, inventory of the other actors in it, it gave it more nostalgia points for me. Because when I first watched it, I didn't know who Charles Dance was. I didn't know who Victor Wong was. I didn't know who James Hong was. Mm -hmm. And now I do. A lot of it is because of what we do on the show. We've been introduced to these to these um, actors, and I'm like, oh shit, that's you know, um, that's the guy from this Walter show, Walter yeah. from Tremors. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for me, I think uh, when it uh, the. the the way that it doesn't hold up is kind of balanced out by the nostalgia points for it. Because, like, uh, Tywin Lannister, always been an evil dude. Always. <laughs> In everything. And that's great. Um, so, uh, I, I love this movie. I can rewatch it. There's a lot wrong with it, for sure. But I don't care. 1986. It was a time. <laughs> uh, so, I'm going to go uh, three and a half. Knives, please. All right, three and a half. That's pretty high. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay, I'll show you. So um, I'm going to be the first to admit that this movie doesn't really age all that well, but I don't care. Um, I grew up watching this movie like Jude. I've seen it probably over a thousand times. And th th there's just something kind of like fun uh, about this film that to me, that feeling of fun doesn't go away. And a lot of it's like Eddie Murphy's portrayal. Like I know that like I told you guys a story about how this was originally supposed to be like a serious movie and mm -hmm. detective story and stuff like that. And I'm kind of glad that it wasn't because I really love like the kind of like fantasy comedy that this movie in a way kind of pioneered. Um, I think Eddie Murphy, even though like he's basically playing Axel Foley in this movie, mm -hmm. um, I think that, you know, his style of humor juxtaposed with like the situation worked. And um, like I said, like this movie has been a big influence on me and, and the stuff that I write and stuff like that. So I really love this movie, um, probably irrationally, because <laughs> because it, it does have like a lot of its problems. But like the whole like Brother Noomsi and the, the I want the knife stuff like like that, that stuff just ingrained in my brain. I just love those scenes so much. So, um, you, you know, I, I'm going to rate this like if I was like Vader's 16 year old self, I'd have given it a five star. Mm -hmm. But, you know, judging it from like my perspective in my 40s, I'm going to have to drop it down a little bit and say that this is a four bloody oatmeals out of five for me. Because Jeez. as much as I love this movie, it's not as good as 
I thought it was when I was younger. So, so I feel like the world wasn't ready for the original intent of this script, but it probably is now. And I would love to see that like more serious version. Yeah, of like this the now. the sci-fi mysticism genre is more easily palatable these days yeah, i think because yeah. we've got things like the witcher yeah. and stuff mm -hmm. like that, like yeah. netflix shows I, I also uh, think in the 80s like no one really knew much about china or japan or mm -hmm. stuff like that it was kind of the world was not embracing nerds yeah. at this point. <laughs> or, or 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 like globalism yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yes in the 1980s china and japan was this mystical far off Behind this wall of fog on our flat earth before you <laughs> fell off the fucking waterfall. Well, you, you, with could, you could still, you could still dig a hole to China back in the 80s. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> yeah. Way back in the 80s. When China still had dragons. When capitalism ruled and people weren't offended when you stared at them. Fuck you. Accurate. Get going. Let's go. He's getting mad. He's getting mad that we're talking about his generation like this. <laughs> fucking Christ. You fucking latchkey kids. <laughs> you fucking millennials. Making fun of butt rock and fucking flat earthers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my God. <laughs> She's only 17. Two and a half stars. What about Hot for Teacher? Two and a half, my man. Right. right down the middle. I'm not mad that I watched it, but it's not a good movie. Four stars. I routinely quote this movie to this day. <laughs> That's fine. So do Every, I. That's yeah. fine. You can quote a movie. You can quote a bad movie. You can be like, this is a one star crap fest, but I love talking about it. Wait That's we, fine. Wait till we talk about the next movie. Fuck. My, my, I don't have a, I don't have a brother, but I have a brother-in-law and <laughs> Every single time I see him, I go, brother, oopsie. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, yeah, two and a half. I'm not mad that I watched it. It's funny. It's goofy. But the plot makes no fucking sense. They could have just stayed in Tibet the entire time. Eddie Murphy doesn't need to be involved. Could have been replaced with anybody. Anybody. And it would have been fine. Uh, yeah, two and a half. All right, that's it for The Golden Child. Comment below. Are you a freaking Gen Xer who's mad at us right now? Let us, let us know. Keg Crusher. How's your brother doing? <laughs> he will eviscerate you. Head crusher, brother noobsie. Brother, brother keg. Brother keg. All right, everybody. My thanks for, thanks for forgiving me. <laughs> my brother from the same mother. <laughs> yeah. I have betrayed my brother. V, where can they find you on the social? Uh, uh, you... <laughs> You, at kedcrusher.com no. why are you bringing my brother up all of a sudden he's a moron um, you, you can find me uh, floating on my boat waiting to fall off the edge of the waterfall at the other side of the ocean with Alex Jones with Alex, yeah, at Matt Vader 74 on all the social medias that um, matter so there you go Alex Jones isn't a flat earther. I don't know. I don't yeah. think he is. I don't think so. He'd fly up in a fucking rocket. He'd rather go to the Bohemian Grove, yeah. burn the whole fucking thing down. Uh, Jude's drinking, so I'll give her a second. Jude, where can they find you on the socials? Um, you can find me um, floating also, but on my dragon in China. Well, don't get raped <laughs> by your dragon. It's the 80s. You're only worth, what was the girl my sold for? My dragon waits uh, for consent. A pack of cigarettes and a pint of uh, pork fried rice. <laughs> there you go. Right. I mean, have you ever had pork fried rice though? It's so good. Yeah, but a pint, I'd have gone for a gallon at least. Rice is very filling. Uh, you can find me at I am Jude Juju. Wow. Okay. On the socials. <laughs> Kedish, go ahead. 
Um, you can find me at Matthew Kadish, K-A-D-I-S-H on Twitter and Truth Social. Uh, Kadishbooks.com takes you to my Amazon page. And if you guys would be so kind, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating because we're trying to get 200 of those suckers in order to be officially certified as movie reviewers on Rotten Tomatoes. You All can right. find Kadish creeping around in a dragon costume. <laughs> Is he the dragon that you're riding? Well, that's weird. Anyway, oh, man. I, I, I'm, I'm making my arm circles, dude. <laughs> All right, listen up, folks. Go to saltynerdclub.com. Join the club membership. We are working on our milestone of 100 Patreon subscribers. Uh-huh. And if we get to that mile marker, we will watch the Eddie Murphy disaster Pluto Nash. Ugh. That's it. That's the benchmark. You've committed to We've committed to it. 100 Patreon club members. I thought it was $30 level. Pluto Nash. For three months or more. <laughs> you can't just sign up and quit. No. <laughs> so if you want to watch us review that shit awful movie, head over to saltynerdclub.com. Oh my God. Head over to saltynerdclub.com and sign up. And we will commit to that yikes um lots of drinks will be involved you had to at least put like a time limit on it like i did with my tattoo end of the year end of the year end of the year okay. 50 subs by the end of the year end of this year not this whatever year. year you're watching 2022 100 100 yeah. you just said 50 no i didn't say no we have 50 we're close to 50 we need 50 okay, more by, mom dad please don't fight by january 1st yes okay 2023 new year's eve Yes. Ooh, yeah. That'll be the midnight of midnight of New Year's Eve. Hundred subs, mm-hmm. and we watched Pluto Nash. Okay. <laughs> That'll be fun. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe, <laughs> comment. Gonna be a time. Stay salty.